I want to touch upon the mentioned above or below the line. So I, I would tend to say that I perceive my daily meditative practice mainly to better find and fine-tune that what I would call baseline, as you mentioned it, and to be better aware of the amplitudes, both in the, like, say, beautiful peak experience, oneness with everything, or hugging a tree and being one with the tree, whatever, to the more, well, not necessarily say depressed, but maybe overwhelmed or exhausted um, states. So translating that into a question, since I know we all three of us have a very dedicated and many years long meditative practice, what are stages of development um, that, that we could describe for someone that is just starting the journey or deepening the journey? And what are the fruits of um, meditation? I'm curious to listen into these two aspects. Felix, you want to go? Um, at the moment, yeah, I feel that um, this question was a little too abstract for myself to connect to. Um, so I hand it over to you. <laughs> So where does the meditative journey go and where does it start? You know, usually it starts with, oh, shit, I'm stressed. I need to do something, you know. And then you start to breathe and what and then you start to self-regulate. So we start with self-regulation. We learn to regulate ourselves and we take ownership. The two factors of self-regulation is monitoring. And once I monitor, like scanning the body or something else, I can modify so I can regulate, I can take ownership again of my life, which some people actually, when they talk about meditation or mindfulness as, oh, like we, you know, they talk about it as something negative of like, oh no, when they're stressed, they just apply meditation on it. And, and therefore it's just, you know, putting kind of just, um, yeah, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, but actually it's a different thing. It's actually giving people agency again over their nervous system, over how they perceive the world. And so we're starting with self-regulation, but then we move on to something else. So once you're in the self-regulation mode and you're like, oh, this is actually quite interesting, you're entering self-exploration. And when you're entering self-exploration, this mode of, I took this from a 2013 paper, but, but I find it so nice because it's kind of a, I'm exploring how my mind works, how everything works, and it becomes a joyful process. So you're like, why do I need to be outside when being inside is super cool? Like there's this Buddhist concept of pity, for example, where the pity is kind of the joy before a having even a sensual experience. So you find the joy inside, so you don't need to look for it outside. But then you move from self-regulation to self-exploration to self-transcendence. And self-transcendence can be, we can make it large and use all the big words like awakening and so on. But even feeling compassion is already, you know, compassioning with someone is a, is a feeling where you feel in, in, you know, in a transcendent state. 
And at times you really reach deeper states where actually we can call them altered states and there's different categorization, categorization system. And, and if you're a avid meditator, it's kind of, some people, there are states like the jhana states where like even like you, you feel like a Dragon Ball Z kind of Son Goku where you collect those different states and then you compare them and put post-its post on them. But that's later in the, in, on, the, on the journey of having experience of self-transcendence. But what I just want to say is like the journey starts with, oh, I need to regulate myself. And then you have this kind of conversations with people about, hey, I feel stressed and so on. And you give them the tools to kind of um, explore by themselves. And this is what I think the beginning of mindfulness is. And this is where also this conversation about is mindfulness bad? Is make mindfulness? You look on a burger and it says breathe. Um, is that a bad thing per se? I personally don't think it's a bad thing. Why? Because actually people start to get interested. And if they're interested, they go further down the line. And at times they get lost in the jungle of mindfulness. And that's where people like, uh, you know, Felix uh, or Alistair, you and I, we come and hopefully help people to find their own path and their own way in, in this jungle, you know. Um, just a technical um, comment, since Nicholas, I know you're wearing your lavalier mic at the lower left or right. And when you're touching it often with your gestures, it makes like funny noises. Yeah. Um, just Sorry, I'm more, often more goofy than I'm Rafiki. Uh, yeah. All good. Um, let's put a, uh, a, a little bit more intensity in, in the middle of the room because I truly have the feeling when I was preparing for this, right, for now a month or so, um, I want to really riff off the commodification aspect. So I'm not an activist. I certainly know that in my very own personal journey, I did not start meditation as a means to relieve stress or be more functional. For me, it was pretty classical, like I think like millions of others before me or billions, I don't know. It was, I was reading Hermann Hesse Siddhartha and I really had this, I mean, I did not know anything about anything, right? I was like 15 and a half or something like that. And I really had this fuck, like this like, damn like this dude this like buddhist buddha guy you know he's like up to something i want to wake up so and this obviously does not have to do with any body being functional right i mean just if we quote some of the biggest saints and now very popular also in the west like ramana mahashi was he functional in a Western sense, right? Was he living a very integrated life or was no. Ramakrishna or, or uh, like uh, Sri Aurobindo, were they very integrated? I think in these examples of, let's call them enlightened, awake, certainly pretty strong characters, right? They were, I don't think they were so much about most of the aspects that I think are primarily sold uh, uh, on the market, which are as a means to relieve stress, get be more successful, earn more money, have a better life. So um, yeah, let's let's riff off the wish to 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 wake up, Felix. I'm really I'm really curious on that because yeah. 
I mean, in the beginning, I, I said, yeah, the, the quest question is um, whether any particular narrative of meditation um, it becomes a problem for you at some point in life. And there are, there are obviously different reasons why to start a meditation. Um, you laid out a path, um, Nicholas and um, Alistair, you told your story. I briefly mentioned mine, um, and that was also more around, yeah, very in a very existential question. And then during the the following years of, of practice and uh, finding finding my way, other aspects of, of meditation became then more um, relevant, or I could were more obvious to myself um, as as beneficial. So I guess the the real question is when when is it is it helpful to have a certain narrative and when when trans transcend it and, and move move beyond and the only the problem with commodification is to put it like headspace meditation apps and so on and so forth um, it can it can leave out a deeper deeper dimension and um, if you don't stumble across let's say a meditation um, practice or a practitioner or a teacher that um, represents this these deeper elements of, of meditation you may get 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 stuck in these more functional let's say approaches to these practices but in general and i said this before the interview i'm not critical to a modification in per se. I think this can be a good entry point to meditation practices. Yeah, the, the question is where where does it where does it stop? And um, are you aware of of the next possible steps how to deepen your, your meditation practice or maybe to, to shift the narrative? And I myself have a particularly had a particular starting point. You had your starting point, um, and Nicholas, I would be interested to bring a personal note. Would you um, um, share how you started meditation um, in in addition to the inspiration with your teacher, your professor in 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 Japan? Um, yeah, I went into different retreats um, and also different traditions really um, there was one why? there was why why the why, <laughs> why? the why <laughs> felix was it the why or what i did the why not the what okay i can tell you one thing i entered this room of my professor that was a like a shabby little university room and there was this guy with gray hair and there he was, and there was something resonating from him. And then he said, I don't know, he said, we sat down and he said, be grateful for life, for every detail of it. And soon your face will start to shine like the sun and everyone that sees it will become glad and peaceful. And then he told us that this was roomy and then he took us on this journey from, hey, 
there's this idea of dualism where you and an object are different things and but there's a lot of w cool wise people levitating from different traditions and uh, they say actually you can feel a sense of oneness and it's a lot of fun and i i, I felt that in my heart so in a way that that was became more interesting than at the, you know all the other things i had in mind at that time which was mostly food photography and women and 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 kind of naively thinking that i could change the world or or something like this you know so that's the why and the deep curiosity because i i love those texts you know like um if you ever stumble upon a, a translation by Stephen mitchell of the the tao it's just like I don't get it, but it just make you know, it, it just resonates deeply. There is something, and then you you work, you chew. It's not like the Western idea of I have a book, I I've read it and I put it back. No, it's like a yeah, like an old school chewing gum that you you know you chew it and then you put it. Uh, I don't know, and then you put it back again. Okay, actually, that's not how chewing gums ever work. But yeah, so um, in a way. Um, the the joy they, there's something that felt true right and um and that's where i think when we start the commodification or when we 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 are in a space of commodification as well right calm higher space etc they have their benefits but there's also maybe the up the 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 non the negative side is that people think that is meditation and it's and, and 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 also we even have a commodification of retreats. People go on a Guenka retreat, and after ten days, they think they're expert at something. Like, where in the in which category in the world where you just watch VHS videos of a dude for ten days, you think that you're an expert at something? You know, so it just shows how we are really at the beginning, as well as a society, to use those new technologies that can help us to more agency, to more ownership of our lives, but we're still at the beginning. And I, I kind of noticed that there's almost like four different categories. And it starts with like this Mac mindfulness, like you look on that burger and like, oh, you know, breathe in, breathe out, eat the Big Mac, put it back down, no? And then you move on, ah, that was nice. Let me now try Headspace. And then you try it out and you're like, oh, that's super cool. I like that. And then you enter this, the third stage is that like, it's that the, the stage of the cool hip yoga teacher, you know? So you, you maybe had some experiences and then you share on Instagram with other people, you know, and then you maybe want to go even deeper and then you enter, I don't know, you go, you, you ordain as a monk or you, you try different things out, you know, it's that it kind of, if you're curious, it goes down that path, right? And um, so the commodification is, 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 can only be bad if we only stay at the, the first two stages. But if a society slowly moves down, it's a beautiful thing, you know. And bringing in also mindfulness in, in the business world, there may be uh, a boss that wants to have his um, employees, his coworkers, and to be more efficient, more more effective, and um, thinks that letting them meditate is a, is a good thing for that. Of course, <laughs> this would be um, yeah a manipulative um, move on his side. But 
being exposed to these practices, even at the lower levels that, that you mentioned it, Nicholas, um, has some effect and uh, changes them and um, moves them forward. And if they are exposed to these other levels, they may um, choose to go deeper. And um, it's, it's not harmful in that way. So that's not the problem of commodification, that it's, it's harmful. I think the problem can be, as we I think we agreed in the last couple of minutes on um, getting, getting stuck on a, on a limited understanding. And there's the funny thing with like mindfulness training for, for organization is like, like one of the com most common Mac mindfulness kind of criticism is that in, in so that, that we, that people, once they start to, to do those mindfulness trainings, they're just being pushed into just being more effective. But the funny thing is once you go and do mindfulness trainings for organization that are a bit more dysfunctional, it's just, the people that are in there are just realizing, hey, this is shit, and I'm just going out. So if you are an organization where you you actually your heart is not at the right place, maybe think twice before you hire a mindfulness trainer or not. I don't know. So actually, it's again this: let's put agency back into you know to the let's give agency back to the people. And I see this kind of shift as well as in our kind of understanding of how society works like you know uh, so, so sociologists like Hartmut Rosa that kind of say it's not only about how much money people have and so on it's about how much they enter a resonance with things you know that determines how, if they live a happy fulfilled life and this kind of turn into how we perceive things and give back agency to people is, is very beautiful to witness right now.